0: Social Anxiety Syndrome, better known as Imposter Syndrome, is a real thing. It comes in many guises and can be relentless at blindsiding people. And you'd be surprised by who is effects. I'm Nick Eve, and in a series I'm speaking to some of the most successful and talented people in the public eye who suffer from what I call Imposter Syndrome.
1: And a lot of the time, Imposter Syndrome is a symptom. It's a conscious manifestation of unresolved subconscious
0: emotions. That's Zoe Clues. She's the founder of Zoe Clues and Associates and a PTSD, anxiety and depression specialist. According to Zoe, imposter syndrome is not something we're born with. So where does it come from and how do you get rid of it? So I am today talking to Zoe Clues who is the founder of Zoe Clues and Associates and is a PTSD, anxiety, and depression specialist. And the reason why I'm so excited to talk to you, Zoe, thank you for doing this, is because I think that you will help me kind of work out or unlock the puzzle that is imposter syndrome, because since starting this season of imposter syndrome, I've been talking to so many different people, and all of them have got different different ways of sort of expressing their imposter syndrome. And so I thought it'd be really great to talk to you because I think you've got a fantastic take on it. And it'd be great to sort of hear a little bit more about you and also you're, you, I think you said that you, you're not born with it. It's something that life creates, is that right?
1: yeah absolutely it's you know imposter syndrome is a symptom just as anxiety is a symptom depression is a symptom they're conscious manifestations of a subconscious problem so um i'm a hypnotherapist i work uh with the subconscious all the time okay. um, and i specialize in trauma and sort of adverse life experiences and adverse life experiences are basically and experiences you might have had as a child or a teenager or as an adult um where you were negatively impacted in some way um okay. so so, um, for example, you know, as a child, you might have grown up in a home where perhaps you experienced abuse or trauma. Now, that might necessarily be sort of big T trauma that we uh, think of. We often think of trauma as having to be, I don't know, locked in a cage or something. But actually, trauma can just be something like one of your parents was emotionally unavailable. They weren't um, very present. They were a bit withdrawn. Perhaps you didn't get the love, nurturing and the kind of... Um, it's a term called mirroring, um, which is an essential sort of psychological thing that you need as a child, which is basically the mirror that you need to be given back from your parents to give you the message that you're OK just as you are.
0: Uh-huh. Now,
1: many of us don't have this. Um, it's really, really common, probably because our parents didn't have it. So, you know, it's kind sort of like generational trauma. It's a chain of pain. that gets stepped down. Um, and when we don't receive that adequate mirror uh, of being really, really met, then what it does is it starts to create um, something um, that I call the false self. Um, well, it's not I call it, it's, it's, it's actually a term, a psychological term. And the false self believes things like, I'm going to come up with some classics here, I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, there's something wrong with me. I'm defective in some way um, other people are better than me it creates feelings of less than so we are born our innate nature I believe is one of um, well-being feeling okay about ourselves feeling good about ourselves it's probably there's some peace and joy mixed in there somewhere um, that's our true essential nature then we sort of grow up um, and, and if we are met um, in a good enough way by our parents, we won't necessarily grow up with imposter syndrome. We won't necessarily grow up with um, feelings of not being good enough, feeling defective, unworthy. But if we do um, experience trauma or not being met in certain ways, then what happens, it causes a disconnection from your true self and then it creates the false self. Now, the false self really believes, it gives you those messages. It's kind of like, that's where the superego, the inner critic comes in. That's a really persecutory superego that tells mm-hmm. you things like, you can't do this, you'll fail, you're not good enough, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too tall, you're too, you know, it, it's, it's endless. So we, you know, we, we, we can grow up with this sort of feeling that somehow we're less than, we're defective, we're unworthy, and of course no one wants to feel like that and we don't wanna show that to other people too. So then of course we look outside of ourselves and go right, okay, if I get, I'm gonna give some sort of obvious examples here. Um, if I get this car, if I get this job, if I become really successful, if I look a certain way, if I get this plastic surgery, if I lose this weight, if I get this six pack, etc., etc. then I'll feel all right. Um, so what we do is we then go, this, this is what I call the mask. So we have our true self. Um, then we have the adverse experiences, which creates the false self. And then on top of the false self, we create the mask, which is the face we want to present to society. Mm -hmm. of being successful of you know being confident of having the right partner etc etc and all of these things are great there's nothing wrong with wanting any of these things it's a natural part of life to want to grow and move forward and experience new things and do well and be liked and respected they're they're, normal human traits but if those things that we're creating um, sit on top Of the false self which believes is not good enough. Um, What we then get is the imposter syndrome because what happens is everyone around us is responding to our success they're going hey you're great your job haven't you done well look at what you've achieved don't you look great etc etc. But you're not coming from that place. You're still coming from that deeper place, the false self. Mm. So when somebody is, you know, so that's where imposter syndrome comes in. But the irony of all of this is, is that the false self was never true in the first place. So the false self is what happens when it's the sort of splitting off from your true self when you have these traumatic negative experiences. So um, we go around with this mask on think, you know, you know, you know, doing these great things or you know, achieving more or getting certain ticking certain boxes in our life, wondering why don't I now feel the satisfaction and good enough yeah. that I thought I'd feel when I got these things. And people and, and this you can get really addicted to I just need to get more. Okay, when I get this job, then I'll feel feel okay. So we're like always kicking the proverbial can in terms of our own self-esteem. When I lose this weight I'll feel good enough. So we're wondering why. But, the, you know, this and this is what I work with clients all the time in my practice is, you know, the, in order to overcome imposter syndrome, it's not about adding more things to the pile, more kind of, it's a bull bells and whistles, right? They're great yeah. things, but there's no point in having them if you still feel like crap underneath. So the job actually, um, the work that I do is to work through all of those kind of adverse experiences that created the false self in the first place. You let go of the emotional charge and the negative belief that you came to as a result of having those negative experiences, like, I know dad not being available or mum being mean or whatever it was. And as you let go of all that, as you sort of comb through all of those experiences, as as you don't even know what they are, you don't know why you feel like you do, and that's sort of the job of the therapist, really, to work out why. Then you can start to return to, if you like, your true self, which feels okay. And that's when imposter syndrome collapses.
0: So you have to, so so first of all, Zo, I am basically your textbook. Okay. Uh, so I right. am the one who at 20, my, 23, my mum died. I've, since then, I have felt, I mean, this is 23 years ago now, but since then I felt every single work, waking hour, Uh, Wanting to prove myself in some way because I haven't obviously got that person who who is most special to me to prove stuff to And I did the nose job because I thought that would change me You Mm. know, I did you know, I've done I've achieved lots of things and nothing has really stuck to me to on paper You'd go. Oh my god that that guy is great. But in my head I've not achieved a single thing. So I'm like your perfect, I should be on your, actually, I'm on my for now reclining. I'm the perfect. <laughs> I'm definitely the Lord, perfect person. It. I mean, I'm loving this. It's a free therapy session. I don't care if anyone's listening to this. It's perfect. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's it, yeah, and imposter syndrome for me has become, or did, for a long time become actually like as you know like it did rear its ugly head in a, in a way that I think, I personally believe stopped me from getting on, although I have got on and I've done really well, I, it still made me feel like I didn't belong in situations and I, I suppose that's what you're sort of saying, this false self is quite, can be quite destructive.
1: Oh, yes, it's you know the false self, you know, that's where that, you know, we some people call it the inner critic, I call it the persecutory superego, because the, the narrative of the false self is so damning because you can never win, right? Yeah. So no matter what you achieve, no matter what you look like, no matter what you do, you know, I'll treat people who are, you know, sort of bordering on supermodels or whatever, and you know, people or people really high up in the city that have done incredibly financially well, done, you know, artists that are, you know, exemplary in, in their in their fields yeah and they, they still have this belief about themselves that they probably formed when they were like five years old nine years old something like that because you know there's no time in the subconscious there's the thing people don't understand it's kind of like the conscious mind understands linear time all those things that you experienced that were that you know broke your heart um were corrosive to your self-esteem they're they, you know your subconscious thinks they're happening now so it okay. doesn't understand there's, there's no timeline so mm. and what i would say in terms of um you losing your mother on i'm really sorry to hear that is a lot of the time the the, the sort of noise of the um persecutory superego, the inner critic the one that says you're not good enough you've got to go harder you've got to achieve more you've, you you know you've achieved something you think oh then it'll be satisfied it never is usually the the volume on that is really loud when there is unresolved grief underneath oh, so what you are explaining is you know what you are saying is is it like you said a textbook example and um, when I say grief as well, you know, I, I, a lot of the work I do is grief work and it's not always, um, and it's quite a broad spectrum as in grief work isn't just about losing someone that you really, really love, like obviously your, uh, your dear mother, but um, it's also about just not having your needs met when you were younger. You know, a yeah. lot of people are full of unprocessed grief and when we have unprocessed Processed grief in our system, then um, we basically tend to have a very, very loud super uh, super ego that will either drive you really, really hard and never be satisfied, or um, if the trauma has been really devastating at a young age, it completely flattens you. Um, there's I don't know if you know about I bring something else in here. It's a model I work with a lot so um we all have within us a kind of window of tolerance and our window of tolerance is the place where we feel cool calm collected easy connected it's where we feel good about ourselves it's where we feel relaxed where we feel quite adult and then we have these four different sort of trauma defense responses um, above those so we have the flight response and flight response is when we've experienced trauma and it's been so painful that we've just become very driven as a response to it so we keep driving on and um maybe perhaps how you've responded on some level and there's some benefits to that as well you achieve a lot you can create a good life but the problem is you can't feel the enjoyment because you're constantly in that driving 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 forward mode um there's also a fight response which is when people tend to i don't know get like road rage kick off at people are always arguing always fighting and then there's that's both of those responses are when you're kind of stuck in on it's like um Hyper, uh, hyper arousal, and then there's the other responses, which is when you've been so sort of flattened by your traumatic experiences. One of them is called freeze, which is one where your sort of superego is so damning that it doesn't even, it doesn't even let you achieve anything. You know, wow. it just it just shuts you down straight away, and then. Fawn is when you go into like super people pleasing mode, which is where codependency comes in as well. The good news is all of them are resolvable with the right work, but you know you have to bring a lot of awareness to it first of all. um But yeah, it's it's the, it's that inner voice that is that is the killer, really. It's you know,
0: so interesting. Like I think, and also the thing is, I, I mean, I'm fascinated by celebrity, and that's one of the reasons why you know I set up uh, wanted to do this podcast was talk to celebs about it because what you do realize is, and even you look at people from you know. Whether it's Marilyn Monroe, who was in a ter- came from a terrible background, yeah. so many of these stars, Kay, have achieved so much. But uh, like you just said, it ne- and I, I, you know, it, you never feel like you're fulfilled because you yeah. just don't let yourself ever. It's such a weird. Yeah, do you have? A, do you have i
1: used to have it no i've recovered from imposter syndrome but okay. so, you know i had plenty of adverse childhood experiences and as a result for a long time i had this inner voice that just told me it would always be this thing of like um what would it say i would always tell me there was something wrong with me i could never tell you what it was it was a real moving target like a movable feast it would always switch to something it was the way i looked or the way i did this or the way i spoke or the way i picked up a glass, it could be anything, you know. But I've had this very, very powerful inner critic. And it's a lot of work and um, to reduce that down. And now um and then it sort of reduced it down. And the progress of that was it I just became very driven. But I would have the experience of um being very driven, achieving things and then not being able they could they didn't land, you know. So people were like, yeah. Has, hasn't that done haven't you done well? And I'd be like, oh, I couldn't feel it. So I was quite numbed out because I was constantly driving and now I've, I've done more work on myself which has allowed me to come much more back into my sort of window of tolerance where i'm able to just rest appreciate what i've done and i no longer feel like an imposter but it did you know it was i had to hack it away with it with a pickaxe for quite a long time to be honest um, well,
0: do you have it though do you have it as well because you're treating people and they are putting their trust into you as an expert and there must be a lot of pressure on you to do that, do you feel, because I've spoken to some people who like, uh, people say a lot of people who like fly airplanes get imposter syndrome because they're there going, what the hell am I doing flying <laughs> across the Atlantic? Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. do you have that feeling?
1: I think I used to. I think in the beginning, I probably did. Um, There's a really great book actually called um, Complex PTSD by a guy called Pete Walker. It's my sort of go to book on this stuff. And um, I've, a lot of my work is influenced by him. And he talks about the concept of good enough, which I really like. So he talks about having a good enough partner. He talks about doing a good enough job. He talks about, you know, you're saying to yourself, you know, practicing talking to yourself, saying, you know, I'm doing my best. And, you know, I've done the best that I can today. And, that's good enough for me so i really sort of incorporated that concept sort of I suppose, into myself as in like i don't have to have everything perfectly worked out in order to help somebody else i just need to mm-hmm. you know i don't have to um have got every single duck in a row psychologically in every aspect of my life emotionally and mentally in order to be able to help others um, i just need to be i guess doing the best i can I'm showing up for my clients in the best way that I can and bringing, um, you know, having met myself at quite a deep level, I think, you know, then I'm able to meet other people at a deep level. So I I did have it certainly in the beginning as well, you know, but for a long, long time. And it's been a sort of a bit of a slow fade um, as, as these things are. If you do the work to work through the negative self-belief, the adverse experiences you've been through and let go of the emotional charge um, that is still in your system from these things. I mean, as human, you know, we're the only, I think, mammals that actually carry on holding trauma. You know how animals are attacked, they do that thing when they yeah. shake off trauma. We don't, you know, it just sort of stays compacted in your system. That's when I think it turns into things like social anxiety, imposter syndrome, eating disorders, depression, anxiety, you know, the list goes on.
0: So how can I basically not get rid of it because it kind of drives me and I I don't not that I like it because I don't like it. But how do I navigate it and how do I use it to my advantage?
1: Yeah, so the thing is yeah, that's the thing. The defences are great, right? Because we've got to love the defences because they kept us alive, they kept us going, you know, your it sounds like perhaps your your response to your 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 mother's your mother's death was to um you know Right okay, I'm going to, I'm going to move forward. I'm gonna forward. and am drop Obviously some really great things have happened for that, but it's when it is about it being in balance, right? We want it to be in balance, you know, letting go of imposter syndrome does not mean that you will not be driven it does not mean that you won't achieve things it does not mean that you won't be disciplined it does not mean that you will suddenly let yourself go and not take care of your appearance or your home or any of the other things that you have pride in it's healthy to have pride in all of these things and I encourage it with anyone I work with and also anyone around me um, and in myself but it's more about it being in balance. So. It's about, I, I, I think it's a sort of, you know, there's a sort of few answers to that question. Um, the first thing I would say was probably, would probably look at what's um, driving it really. So perhaps there, there is some grief that hasn't been processed or discharged fully from your system. I think that um, when we're able to do that, um, I think that the uh persecutory superego really quietens down with the right work um and i think it's also about challenging it as well on a daily basis so when we have that voice i don't know say we've done a 12 hour day or something and then we get in and then we're having a go at ourselves our flat isn't quite looking quite right or our hair isn't looking quite right we just need to tell it to shut up yeah. you know we have to get quite ferocious with it because if you think about it if somebody followed you round. Saying the things to you that you say to yourself, you would have knocked them out'd oh <laughs> <That'd>
0: be <laughs> yeah. Mike Tyson by then <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> he would have been like you know um have some sort of GbH charge, but it's <laughs> kind of it is it is is different when the voice is in your head, so you have to learn to talk to to so You have to learn to tell it to F off. You have to learn to tell to shut up. You have to learn today to say to it, not today, Satan. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn to say to yourself, look, this is the best. I'm doing the best I can. It's good enough. I'm always improving. I'm always growing. And I'm allowed to rest and relax too. And I'm also allowed to really just enjoy everything that I've achieved because surely isn't that the point?
0: No, you're right. And I think that's the interesting thing is that I think sometimes you sort of give your hard time to actually look at all the things that you've achieved or where you are, say, even on holiday, and actually just go, I just need to take this in rather than kind of persecute yourself, which I think is something that a lot of people I know do definitely
1: yeah and also it's exhausting isn't it yeah. you know because you know i know my inner voice really did used to exhaust me it would just constantly wanted i was always it was only it's that kind of flight response of um super busyness kind of like always got to be achieving always got to be doing something that sort of human doing rather than he, human being thing and it can get really exhausting and it can be a real block to intimacy that's another thing that i'll say because if we've got imposter syndrome think about relationships you know good relationships are about being able to be vulnerable as well and um, a lot of the time, what I notice with clients is that when they have this really strong imposter syndrome, that it's really hard for them to be able to open up um, because they don't want people to see that that's how they feel about themselves. You know, yeah. they just want to keep achieving and hide. So it's a real, it can be, it can be a real block to intimacy as well.
0: Yeah. And what about like, uh, what's the opposite of imposter syndrome? Like, what, do, what does that look like? <laughs>
1: Well, I think it looks like, I talk about the window of tolerance a lot. So the window of tolerance is that place where you feel really okay. So, you know, the goal is, you know, I always say this, the goal is to feel really comfortable in your own skin. You don't have to be the best looking person in the room, you don't have to be the most successful person in the room, you don't have to be the most whatever of anything. You don't have to be amazing or brilliant, you just have to feel really okay about who you are, that is a really great goal because it's really in balance. And from there, really good things can come. When we feel good about ourselves, you know, on the inside, um, it gives other people permission to feel to be themselves as well, Um, it's a real gift. And um, we're able to achieve from a place that feels secure. And it's not like, it's it's being able, it's almost like having your self-esteem and self-worth inside rather than externally. You know, So if you say, I can only feel good if I've got a Tesla and a penthouse in Chelsea and this and that, then, you know, all of these things we can lose. But what you can't lose, really, is if you've really got that commitment to yourself of being your own best friend, is that connection with yourself and having your own back. And if you've really got your own back, really, you can kind of go through anything, really. It doesn't mean it's going to be particularly pretty or easy, but you know that you'll survive it. I mean... I always think that security isn't about um, having things. It's about being able to cope with things and sort of knowing, you know what? I'm all right. I'm okay. I like myself. I trust myself. um, What I'm doing is good enough. I'm allowed to make mistakes. I might not always get it right. I'm allowed to fail. Um, A bit of, you know, a bit of room to breathe and just be human, I think is the goal. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it totally makes sense. Do you think that... um... Do you think that uh talking about it to people, maybe your partner or your friends, and actually actually kind of admitting that you've got it is okay to do because I think one of the things that i've always I always found difficult to do and I, I don't really talk about it, and we, although I've done a podcast about it is is that actually, <laughs> is, no, the irony is yeah, exactly. actually, I love it. It's been taking a long time to go, you know, this is something I feel and this is something that obviously lots of other people are feeling. It's a bit, I suppose it's a bit like, you know, as we know with mental health, especially men, we haven't talked about our feelings particularly until, I suppose, the last five years when it's become a bit more acceptable. Do you think it's a good thing for people to say, look, I've got this thing and actually it can really be pretty bad some days?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, like expression is the opposite of depression. It's the opposite of so many things. And I think it's really important to talk about things that we feel ashamed about because really what's underneath imposter syndrome is, um, uh, feeling it's shame. You know, it's shame and people don't really like talking about shame because they're ashamed about talking about shame, you know? Um, so I think any time that we are able to talk about something to someone, it's got to feel safe. You see what I mean? We don't want to be yeah. admitting it in, in a boardroom or something or, <laughs> You know, perhaps my first interview we've done publicly, or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, or someone that's going to like throw it in your face later on. You know, you. It's really important that you're talking to somebody that it feels safe to talk about it with. So it might be a good friend, it might be your partner, it might be someone who you know that you've gone through has gone through something similar. It might be a therapist, it might be a helpline. You know, it can be all sorts of things. I think you know the great thing um, about what's going on now—the sort of mental health awareness. I still—we've got a long way to go, but the fact that we are able to talk about these things is is a really good thing. You know, it's it's been opened up, so we're able to do that with with much less shame. And you know, what heals shame is compassion. So when we can share about something like this to someone, and they meet us with compassion and kindness and non-judgment, or even a bit of you know, oh my God, I've got that too, then yeah. it really does—it shrinks your shame, because that's what's underneath um, imposter syndrome, because you feel like a fraud. But yeah, it's it's that all the people that I meet that have imposter syndrome, they have no reason to think they have imposter syndrome. It's, um, but you know, it's, so I would say talking about it, yes. And I would also say the, 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 the piece here that is really, really important is, you know, you can't heal what you can't feel. And a lot of the time, imposter syndrome is a symptom. It's a conscious manifestation of subconscious, um, unresolved subconscious um, emotions. So I would also say that in order to really shift imposter syndrome, because, you know, we don't want to get rid of anything, get rid of something and it comes in, you know, whatever we resist, this, we want to let go of it. We want to transcend it. We want to move away from it. So I think, you know, looking at, you know, exploring actually what is underneath this imposter syndrome, what needs to be released, healed, discharged from my system in order to give me a bit of a lighter experience, and in order to allow, allow me to enjoy all the sort of fruits of my labor, if you like. Um, I think that is one of the key pieces that people forget about.
0: And yeah, and when okay, so when you say you can't heal what you can't feel, so that's that's great, yeah. and I get it. But what does <laughs> what do you how how do you do that practically how would i yeah what does that
1: look like Yeah. So okay how i might work with it it so say a client comes to me presenting with imposter syndrome they've got this really great job and they keep being promoted but they just feel each time they get promoted they feel more and more like a fraud so you want to sort of move them from fraud to freedom i always call it um so we would i would the session we would we talking would begin with us talking about what's going on for them um why they feel like it we then we basically we use hypnosis we talk to the subconscious and i simply say to the subconscious we need to understand what is underneath this imposter syndrome so imposter syndrome again the the other thing is to note here, it's a protection from the subconscious mind. So your subconscious wants you to feel, wants you to be safe over being happy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't often know until we address it in the correct way that actually it's entirely possible to be both. So your imposter syndrome is a defense. It's your subconscious trying to keep you safe, thinking, oh, no, you can't do this. You know, this is you know, you're know, you going to lose it or you're going to be exposed because of um, it's like a t- sort of ticking time bomb inside ourselves, um, and it's because of old experiences. So we need to go back to, in a, in a way, the originating um, experiences. So sometimes it's something we know about. For example. Um, You talk about, you know, noticing that sort of real pivot when you lost your mother. Sometimes it's people things don't know know about. So when I say that, I don't mean, you know, not once in my 18 years of doing hypnosis have I worked with a client and uncovered a memory they didn't know they had. It's more that, um, because people are often scared about that, but it's never happened and I can't imagine it would. It's more that you don't realize the things that have happened to you have impacted you and hurt you as much as you realise. A lot of the time we're, you know, so people say, oh, no, I had a really great childhood. When we sort of dig a little bit deeper, it turns out they really didn't receive the affection and nurturing that they needed, and they just actually felt very alone. And when you work with that and um you know it's a sort of subconscious process to that's guided really to help release the emotion out of the system there's often a lot of relief and people don't you don't really realize because you just sort of get on with it half the time you just yeah. carry on um you don't realize that things have impacted sitting in your system in your nervous system in your body in your subconscious mind in the way that they are and those things that are locked in our system they're the ones that really bite us on our bum really much later in life and turn into, well, could be imposter syndrome, could be, like I said, could be an eating disorder, could be a really a strong addiction to something. Mm-hmm. So all of these things, they're just, they're kind of, they're all coping and defense mechanisms.
0: Yeah. And that's, yeah, exactly. I totally, I totally get it. So I think what I love about listening to you is that you're helping, you are. It's my free therapy session, love that. Hope everybody (laughs) listening to this is taking from it because I think, you know, you can't heal what you can't feel feels a very strong sort of affirmation to me and it's something that I I, think about. And then also I think um, what you've also let me do is think about other people as well because I think we don't, sometimes we don't realise what people are going through and we don't actually, as you say, you know, some of our friends, like lots of my friends, obviously know me for years who I went to school with or you know university so they know sort of the trauma that we went through but when you've got new friends that you've known for 10 years or five years they have no idea, So they just have this perception of you and I think it's very important for us to to really think about I suppose the stories that people have got and their journeys yeah. are not just just one-dimensional really are they
1: it's just amazing point, Nick, this is the thing. And they think about it, we you know, we might look at celebrities or read celebrities and what's going on for them and maybe they've had a nervous breakdown or something, you know, we can read, I do think, what? But they're a multimillionaire with yeah. this, that, the other. And it's like, it's often nothing to do with that. You know, it's kind of, like, what have they got to be depressed about? And it's like, that's not how the mind works. It's not the yeah. pain Olympics, you know, it's kind of, you know, we suffer how we suffer, um, you know, and we can feel just as imprisoned living in a multi-million dollar home as we can in a, you know, damp studio flat. We just, um, it, it's all about really the subconscious and how the subconscious is perceiving things. So it's scary, cool. you know, you
0: look at somebody, you know, I always think back to Robin Williams, you know, you know, that mm. was character who, in your head, you know, and uh, from a perception point of view, that man had everything. Yes, and, and if you enjoy then,
1: it and fun and light mm-hmm. and mischievous, you know, all of those things.
0: Yeah, but it's crazy that like, when you think that, that things can happen and you just don't know what's going on in people's minds, so you've got to be kind to everybody. Definitely. Yeah,
1: I think that's the thing, you know, it's kind of like if we can try and be kind on principle, you know, the world would be a better place. We just we really don't know how people have suffered and sometimes a lot you know people can have all the ball balls like you say the bells and whistles where they can just feel really really terrible about themselves inside and they're working expending an enormous amount of energy to keep up that front you know um but you know when these things crack when people do have a breakdown a breakthrough of some kind you know it's often the subconscious just really um requesting that actually shouting at us saying you know this needs to be healed this needs to be looked at and you know, people don't like going back. I mean, who wants to go back and look at their pain and grief? Nobody, no you know, one. I didn't, you know, no one, oh, that'd be fun. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you, you kind of need to be emotionally held in those situations, whether it's, you know, a therapist or, or, or whoever really, but to be able to w- work through that stuff, that's, that's what I think is really, really important. But yeah, I think it's, you know, we live in a, very 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 quick to judge society and you know i think bringing a bit more compassion to the table will be helpful for everyone including ourselves your know, self-compassion is vital when you're trying to heal from something like imposter syndrome as well
0: yeah well thank you so much i think what you've taught Absolutely, me yeah. is about as you say self-compassion that's a word i don't think i've ever heard and i think it's so true we don't we need to think about us not in a selfish way but just think about ourselves in a kind of healing way and um yeah be
1: gentle with ourselves give ourselves a bloody break you know <laughs>
0: yeah exactly i think it's i think also you know we've been talk i've talked a lot in this because a lot of, a lot of this has been in 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 lockdown is i think that has taught us god so much about ourselves in 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 mm-hmm. quite a stark way because we've either you know i've got friends who live on their own and they've had to you know they've spent you know nearly five months on their own it must be so difficult yeah, for people
1: it's, yeah, it's been, it's been really, really tough. And I think, you know, it's really difficult if you don't get on with yourself. You know, listen, it's challenging if you do get on with yourself being in lockdown on your own. But if you don't, you know, really difficult. And also, you know, all those usual distractions that we have, going to the pub, going for a coffee, meeting a friend and da, da, da all of that stuff, when all of that's stripped away, you're just left with yourself and perhaps things you haven't faced, you know. So, yeah. you know, I don't think we even really know the cost of uh, lockdown to mental health yet, to be honest, you know. So, um, no, I totally yeah.
0: agree with you. Well, hopefully, hopefully this podcast will help a few people and they'll listen to you. I
1: hope so, yeah. And you've been brilliant,
0: Zoe. Thank you so much because I think it's really... Thank you
1: so great. much. Thank you for having me. It was really and, great to talk to
0: you. And thank you for my free therapy session and <laughs> I am on my show's <laughs> yeah. on I'm not allowed to drink at the moment, but as soon, I'll listen back on this and I'll have some uh, uh, a nice glass of champagne. I'll be thinking to myself, "This is very I good." I would
1: do, yeah, and be really kind to yourself. <laughs> oh, thank you, Zoe. Pleasure. Take care.
0: That's our show for today, and the last in the series. I hope you liked it and found it both entertaining and enlightening. If you did, please subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. And while you're there, give us a five-star review just to make us feel we deserve it. Follow us on at Pod People UK, at Nick Ead and at Zoe Clues and Associates. Imposter Syndrome was presented by me, Nick Ead and produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions. Theme music by Mike as well. Will be back in your feed soon with a new series and an amazing lineup of guests including patsy palmer vanessa williams and lots of other hollywood stars but bye for now